Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. going on guys thanks so much for tuning in to today's show hope you're having a wonderful day i am here in costa rica i just wanted to share i just got done with my second bout of covid this week so if i sound a little stuffy that's why i was vaccinated last year and uh, got it the first time in october and uh, i think i got the omicron strain which appears to be breaking through. But I'm just sharing that, one, so you know why I sound stuffy, but two, obviously this pandemic has affected a lot of people personally by getting sick, friends and family getting sick, just changing the world. And I said it back in October, and I'll say it again. You're not alone. If, you, if you're sick with it right now, hang in there. I know it can be rough. Some people, it's not that rough, but definitely the isolation was really hard and just feeling pounding headache, fatigue. You'll get there. You'll get through. Been some Netflix. I definitely have been able to do that. And 
look at it as a, a time to slow down, maybe be a little introspective or just rest. But thinking of you guys who have been dealing with it uh, personally and um, secondarily. So there's that. I'm on the mend. And I was happy to have a great discussion today with Dr. Catherine Hurtline. And Dr. Hurtline has a very impressive resume. She is a professor in the Couple and Family Therapy Program in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Health in the School of Medicine at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, where she conducts research on sexuality and relationships, couple therapy, the effect of technology on couples and families, infidelity, and high-risk sexual behavior. She's written over 12 books, 100 articles, and over 40 chapters. And today we talk about Sensate focus, a process to create more intimacy in the bedroom and be able to communicate around sexuality. And it's a great sort of tool to really systematically break things down to help your sex life. And we talk about that, but then we talk about why you shouldn't start that without addressing other things first. And we talk about those other things and how to do it. So, Definitely check out the links in the bio. She references the Blue Heart app as a way to get the details of Sensate Focus and understanding your sexuality. Check that out. And as always, appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in and hope you are having a wonderful day or evening. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Dr. Hertland. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Today, we're going to talk about sensate focus and how we can use that to enhance intimacy and sexual desire in our relationship. So let's start by having you tell us what sensate focus is. Sensate focus is a type of technique that offers a gradual structured approach to treating sexual dysfunctions. Excellent. So let's talk about that process. Let's go through exactly what Sensate Focus is, the step-by-step, as much detail as possible. We want people to be able to use these things today with their partner if they're up for it. And then we'll talk about how it can help create more intimacy and desire. Sure. Well, Sensate Focus was initially introduced by Masters and Johnson in 1970 and refined by Helen Kaplan in 1974. At that time, um, it was quite innovative in terms of the treatment of sexual problems. Historically, um, sexual problems were viewed maybe on an individual basis. And when you started getting into the late 60s, early 70s, people started talking about things in terms of sex as perhaps um, needing some more relational components and advocating for the inclusion of more cognitive behavioral treatments. So when we think about what Sensate Focus is, I mentioned earlier, it's, it's a structured, gradual approach to the treatment of sexual problems. It's not necessarily essential to solving every single sexual problem, but it can be really beneficial in lots of different aspects of relationships and the couple's overall sexual functioning. The idea behind it is to help couples to be able to enjoy pleasurable sensory experiences and to overcome what sometimes happens, which is sexual anxiety. When couples are experiencing a sexual problem, that sometimes grows into then also developing anxiety because now they've got the sexual problem and now they don't know how their partner's responding to it. So now we've got an anxiety problem in addition to the sexual problem that we started with. So through guidance and through coaching, couples learn to communicate with one another, often um, without embarrassment. A lot of times when couples talk about sex, it's under this embarrassment lens. Uh, So sensate focus is something that helps to move you away from that. And it usually um, is designed to get couples to understand what it is that they like 
what kind of physical touch, what sort of turns them on and getting them to be able to communicate that in an open way with their partner without the anxiety. Why is it that sometimes even if we're in an intimate relationship, it can be embarrassing to talk about sex with our partner? Sexuality is really vulnerable for people. We're really getting in places where people um, are expressing themselves emotionally, expressing themselves physically, and tend to be in quite vulnerable physical situations. So when you are looking at this person that you really care about and have a committed relationship with or, you know, or, or in that space in that in your relationship, your partner's impression of you is very meaningful and very impactful. So you don't ever want them to be in a space where you feel like you're being judged negatively by your partner because you do respect and value their opinion. So when we're in a place where we're really vulnerable, we don't want to necessarily say to someone, hey, you know, I don't like this or I would like this better because you don't want to upset the apple cart. You don't want to inquire about what it is that they want. You might be fearful to hear that what they want is something that perhaps you're not willing to do. And so for a lot of those reasons, those conversations get shut down. So how does Sensate Focus help us get more comfortable with those conversations? So it actually is is based on this concept of systematic desensitization, which is a treatment that was designed to reduce anxiety. And it is a specific application of that systematic desensitization. So the couple is basically gradually exposed to situations as it pertains to sex that once made them anxious. And they're exposed to exercises to help drop or minimize that anxiety. Once their anxiety is lowered, then the couple can move on to more experiences that are maybe more difficult, more experiences that might cause more anxiety um, and things that would have interfered with their performance. And then over time, you lose your anxiety because you're gradually exposed to different touching exercises and different sensual exercises that used to make you anxious. The second thing about it is, I, I think, you know, it's, you'd be surprised. Quite often, people don't know or are not aware of what it is that actually turns them on. And so the other thing that Sensate Focus does is it helps you to focus on your own sensations and develop awareness of your own sensual needs, your own sexual needs, and develop a strategy for communicating that to your partner. Can you walk our listeners through an example of the the gradual exposure and an exercise a, a couple might start with, let's say it's a couple who they're very embarrassed to talk about these things and where would they start? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a good question. So as a, I'm, I'm a couples therapist as well as someone who studies in sexuality. So we start with, and this sounds a little bit um, counterintuitive, but we start by asking the couple to avoid continued intercourse and any activity that might be sexual. And the rationale for this is that we um, have to create an environment that is non-demand, removes any sort of performance pressure, and de-escalates the anxiety. And you have to remind people that, listen, the pleasurable encounters are going to, you know, be addressed. We will get there. We will eventually move toward this pleasurable relationship. Um, and you'd be surprised, a lot of couples, when we introduce this activity, there's there's at least one person in a couple who say that there's a sense of relief when we take intercourse off the table, um, because then they don't have the pressure of having to focus on their partner or focus on the anxiety. Okay, so that's number one, you got to take intercourse off the table. Secondly, we have to really work towards creating what we call a sensual environment. So a critical element of Sensate Focus is creating a private, relaxing, physical environment that's going to foster sensual intimacy. So we usually talk to people about maybe doing something that's outside of the bedroom because initially when people are having sexual problems, they're going to associate the bedroom with um, sexual anxiety. And we want to break that connection that they're making. We want to break that association. So we're looking to say maybe there's a sensual setting outside of the bedroom 
to get you away from that negative association and create a situation that is going to be free from any sort of interruptions. So you might plan on pleasant music, you might plan on massage oil or candles or controlled lighting. Um, so again, selecting convenient time so you're not going to be hurried, so that you're not going to be interrupted. But we also don't want to make that opportunity go too long. And that's really important. One of the things that um, we find with couples is in the early stages of this, if they try to do an activity or engage in this over a long period of time, they become frustrated. And I tell couples that I would rather have you have lots of little moments that are only five minutes long that are really positive than one moment that's half an hour long that ends up being negative because it's gone on too long. So we really advocate for those positive situations and keeping them time limited to keep them positive. Um, then we move on to touching and sensual pleasuring. So the couple has to be at this point prepared um, for touching and physical activities. Again, doesn't involve intercourse, it just involves self-awareness. The goal is promoting self-awareness, helping couples reconnect with their sensual feelings, and again, focusing on those positive interactions with one another. So what does this look like? Well, you know, we, we talk to the couple about the different kinds of touch that they find enjoyable. Do they like cuddling? Do they like, do they like holding hands? What were some of the things that have been positive in their past? What are some things that have been problematic so that you can make sure to avoid those areas, okay? Some couples literally have not touched each other for months or even years. And so in those cases, so we say, you know, listen, your first task is to do a touching exercise. It is not sexual. Um, it is, instead, I want you to focus on the sensuality of it. You need to set aside, you know, 10 to 15 minutes for this, for the main part. Um, but for the first few exercises, if you've had people who really haven't touched each other in a long period of time, it might be 10 minutes total with five minutes, you know, for each person to sort of give and receive. So the idea is that um, one person initiates, you take turns touching each other in a way that feels pleasant and is free of anxiety. So again, by taking turns, you're able to focus on your feelings. You're able to establish a level of reciprocity, which is really important in building a healthy sexual relationship. We don't ever want to make it feel like one person is getting what they want and need and the other person isn't doing it. And then focusing on what the other person is doing and what you would like to receive from them. Okay, so it's not just about getting sexually stimulated. It's about understanding what makes you feel good and being able to comment on that and focus on that with your partner. Okay, so that's where communication becomes a critical piece of it. Not only are we giving these touches in as we take turns, but the person who's who's receiving the touch is a really active participant in this process because they are communicating to the person that's giving what feels good. So after we set that up and say, here's the activities that you're going to be doing, I want you to do that this week. Once the couple is able to do that successfully, then they get a chance to be creative. Okay. So we say, all right, this is your chance to experience with, experiment with different kinds of touch in order to figure out what other sensations are out there and feel good to you. So the receiver is not the person that's worrying about the giver, but they're focusing on putting themselves in a mental loop to think only of what feels good. So again, we're not getting to that anxiety. I want you to think about what only feels good and then considering what you would like to be able to keep that good feeling going. Okay. Um, so that's kind of the, the beginning part of that. Then we ask, you know, in therapy, we ask a series of questions about like, well, how did it go? And how did you let your partner know what felt good? And, you know, et cetera. Um, those are the early stages of it. Over time, 
the couple is encouraged to allow the sexual sensations to build to whatever level is desirable. Okay, so first we're starting with those basic touch exercises, the reciprocity, keeping it small, keeping it palatable, and keeping it time limited. As the couple's able to succeed with that, we're going to incorporate different touch activities. So maybe you start to be able to give each other massages. Maybe we've graduated from hand-holding to massages. Maybe we've graduated from um, from hand-holding and massages to perhaps gen- genital stimulation, okay? But we're still not going to go to intercourse, right? We're going to gradually keep the couple progressing with different levels of involvement with each other as long as they're still enjoying it and they're staying anxiety-free. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good, and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family, and we all walked to the lake, and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and, of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low-quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, 
Pay period max and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. What kind of couples approach you that do you recommend this or is it something that they come in already kind of with that in mind? And to me, anyone could benefit from this because it's not something we're taught. Mm -hmm. Couples come uh, all sorts of ways. Many of them will come having read about Sensate Focus and wanting to begin with that Sensate Focus process. Others will come in saying, we have a relational problem and I don't know what it is. Me as the therapist, I don't do Sensate Focus until the very last thing that I do with a couple. Because if there are other issues with which the couple is struggling, parenting, power issues, resentment, whatever. If we try to embark on a sensate focused process, but they're still angry and they're holding on to it, this activity is going to fail. And the couples that come in looking for sexual health are very sensitive to failure. They cannot process or handle one more failure when it comes to the sexual arena. So I'm not going to set them up to fail. I do not proceed with sensate focus until I am convinced that every other area of the couple's life is where it should be and is appropriate to be able to participate in this. Does that answer your question? Yes. And that's important because let's say someone's listening and they're like, yeah, our sex life could use a boost. We need some more intimacy. Do you recommend them first addressing these other things before starting Sensate Focus? Absolutely. I would, I would, I think Sensate Focus will set you, set you up to fail if you haven't addressed your individual biology issues that are contributing, your individual psychological issues, your couple issues, your family of origin issues, and what society says about who you are and where you should be. If you've got some, uh, any of those messagings from any of those places or have issues in any of those domains, it has the potential to impair your sexual relationship to the extent that sensei focus isn't going to resolve it. And I will not set up a client to be, to fail at sensei focus because they didn't clean up their work beforehand. So that's just it. So absolutely, you've got to look at every single area of that relationship. Now, if you tell me that, yes, we've looked at all these areas, we've cleaned up all these things, blah, 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 then I'm like, great, let's go ahead and let's start the sensate focus process. And we're very careful about moving through that process because we're looking for opportunities where people say, I wasn't able to do that activity. I wasn't willing to hold their hand. I wasn't willing to do this. And I go, well, okay, then I guess there's other things going on. So we're not going to continue to progress um, until that happens. The other thing that happens, which, you know, is unfortunately happens with a frequency to which I'm not totally, you know, comfortable. But when I, when I do the taking sex off the table, when we talk about that early on, I can't tell you how many couples look at me in session and say, yep, that's a good idea. We'll take sex off the table. The person that was having the dysfunction is relieved. The person who wasn't having the dysfunction actually accelerates their opportunities to trap their partner into sexual situations and actually start putting even more demands on the partner after I've removed the demand by taking sex off the table. So always think about, you know, if, if I say to you, okay, well, you've got to take sex off the table for those couples who are listening at home. If someone were to say to you to take sex off the table, would you be willing to go along with that recommendation? Would you be willing to? If you're not willing to go along with that recommendation, then that suggests that sense state focus isn't going to be appropriate. I have a couple questions around that. I've read in the past that there can be a pattern with sex. Obviously, relationships are complicated. Sex and how it's used is very complicated. But I think personally, I experienced this was that there's relationship issues, but there is a level of sexual intimacy that is there. Let's say, quote, yes. unquote, not a problem, but sex is used as a dopamine hit, basically, for both partners. And we literally, our biology is like sex feels good, dopamine, we get these good chemicals, 
and and let's just do that and then we kind of bounce from sexual encounter to sexual encounter with the same partner and the thing that's kind of keeping us afloat is that dopamine can you talk a little bit about that you know i i actually really i, I agree with you there've been several couples over the course of my career who i've looked at everything else they were bringing to the table and i made the wrong assumption that there would be something wrong in the bedroom and they very clearly said to me no actually everything like that's great we have a great time it's this other piece and i've been like Wow, I guess I need to learn as a clinician that I can't overgeneralize to everybody. So I absolutely appreciate what you're saying. Those t- those couples do end up um, having good sex lives. They end up being aware. They end up being connected in that sexual experience. So we actually look at that as a strength of the couple and say, hey, listen, how can we find more opportunities where the two of you are really in sync? Because I know from what you've described to me that that you are in sync, at least in this one capacity, at least in this one area. So, so let's tap into the skills, resources, and negotiation and your ability to be vulnerable for each other in that moment in time. And how can we extrapolate that to other areas of your relationship that are maybe more psychological, dyadic, interpersonal? And what if it's a, a thing, because I, I forget where I read it, that it's because it's dopamine and and it feels good. Obviously, it's like almost an addiction and that those other things just don't really get addressed because it's like, oh, we'd rather just do the fun part. But eventually the relationship, it, no matter how good the sex is, it's not enough for a healthy adult relationship to stay afloat. Sure. Absolutely right. Um, and people are welcome to make decisions about that in their relationships. I've seen a number of clients as well where I've said, you know, hey, um, this isn't a healthy dynamic, right? And they say, right. And I, I say, okay. <laughs> and I say, so what's what's the plan here? Do you want to keep the dynamic or do you want to, you know, sort of alter it or change it or which might lead it? It might mean doing therapy. It might mean like it could mean a lot of things. What do y'all want to do? And, and I will literally lay out if the relationship stays this way, here's the outcome. If the relationship, if you go to therapy, here's the outcome. If you work on this, here's the outcome. If you, you know, do this, here's the outcome. And I show couples, here are all your options. What do you want to do? I cannot tell you how many times couples have looked at me and said, we're going to pick the first option, which is keep things the way they are. And I look at them and I say, are you sure you understand what you're buying? And they say, yes, we understand. And I say, okay. And so those are situations where, you know, as the therapist, I can't intervene or make any sort of mandate around um, what the couple should do and how they should operate in their relationship. But I do wish for them both individual well-being and collective well-being. And and maybe those dynamics change and maybe they don't. Um, But sometimes that's a choice that people make. Do you find sometimes that that tension, the conflict in other areas creates a polarity and actually increases the the sexual, you know, let's say passion, because I, I saw this quote is like, give me a the sex of a toxic relationship, but the boundaries of a healthy relationship, like basically, <laughs> that's a great quote. <laughs> it, it was something like that. But and again, I'm asking for a friend, but that there's something about that conflict that that can create a lot of passion and intimacy in the bedroom, but ultimately it's just not a healthy, sustainable way to go through a long-term relationship. Sure. Well, and I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I think that there are certainly situations and dynamics where there's a lot of energy in the relationship. There's a lot of passion. There's a lot of um, tension. And sometimes that tension does then translate into experiences in the bedroom, right? Um, And there are situations, I think, where it's important to be able to read and understand and recognize the energy and the tension for what it is, okay? So if it transitions into sexual tension and passion and an experience where everybody feels connected and they've, they've given consent, okay, that's a great experience. How can we make sure that people in that moment are continue to be self-aware, are able to be able to focus on their own sensations, 
focus on what they want their partner to be doing and is there reciprocity in that exchange okay even in even in relationships where as you mentioned there might be some arguing or some conflict there is often a reciprocity around that conflict it usually isn't unilateral okay so sometimes you see those trends even playing out in sexual interactions while there's a lot of energy there's also this reciprocity um the other thing is it, when we are able to really focus on our own body, our own sensations, a lot of times that'll bring down your physiology. So it may be the case that some of these couples, when they become maybe animated or energized or have conflict or tension around something um, in their relationship emotionally, it may be that sexuality becomes an outlet for that because it helps them to feel more grounded with their partner. It's possible. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just important to understand, like you said, like the healthy boundaries of that and why you're doing that. Absolutely right. It has to be intentional. That's the thing. I, I don't think we want people being in sexual situations where they feel like it just sort of crept up on them or, you know, we want the, the whole goal of Sensate Focus is to be aware of your own emotions, of your own sensations, be aware of your own behaviors paying attention to what you want and then trading and having that reciprocity so your partner can participate as well. It is all about intentionality. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. 
What would you say to a listener who is excited about this? They're like, yeah, I want to increase the intimacy and self-awareness of what I like sexually, be able to communicate that with my partner and not be embarrassed. But I'm either afraid to approach my partner about it because I'm embarrassed or I have a strong feeling my partner is going to shoot it down or say that's silly. What would you tell them? Uh-huh. Well, I think it's important to be able to get support. It's important to be able to get education. Okay, so first of all, you can find a ton of stuff about Sensate Focus and that process online, how it you know rolls out, what are the nine phases of Sensate Focus. You can look that up. However, if you're at a place where you've got kind of a lot of that anxiety, you're not totally certain as to whether um, initiating a sensate focus process is going to be appropriate given some of the other dynamics in your relationship, you might consider looking at other avenues. You might consider visiting a therapist, even if it's just you, even if it's just a consultation to say sort of, here's where I'm at with my sex life with my partner. You know, what are, here's some things I'm planning on doing and maybe work with a professional to see if everything else seems to be green light. If you'd be able to start initiating your partner in some of these activities. Secondly, you can look at apps. So there's an app called Blue Heart, which which kind of guides people through the exactly what you described. So there's a process around, you know, I, I want sort of more sex in my relationship or I recognize even that sex is an issue in my relationship. And I kind of want to get to the bottom of it. But there's anxiety around myself or anxiety around communicating with my partner. The Blue Heart app sort of walks you through some individual activities to gain better clarity in terms of what might be underlining what's going on with you and helps to sort of guide you with different activities to be able to kind of slow yourself down and help yourself to get grounded as you move toward a sensate focus process and then inviting your partner in. Um, so those are just some options that I would that I would suggest. And that app is called Blue Heart? Mm-hmm. Excellent. It is, yes. And is there a common theme? Obviously, people have all different backgrounds, different reasons for seeing someone like yourself. But is there a common thread that shows up more often than other things when when couples are are trying to create more sexual intimacy? Yes. So there are, there are, there are probably two or three that come to mind. So um, anytime we're looking at couple issues there are couples come in with a lot of stuff, right? You've got one couple saying, well, here are the issues, here are the problems in the relationship. And you've got the other person saying, well, no, I see the problems in this way. And they often rattle a lot of different things off. Um, But what I try to do with couples is try to boil it down to one or two issues. Okay. And there was some research that was done probably about 10 years ago, 12 years ago now uh, that looked at common issues in couple therapy of all the things that people talk about in couple therapy, how do you boil it down to just a couple things? Are there, are there in fact, any commonalities? Two things came out of this research. Number one, perceived neglect. And number two, perceived threat slash lack of control. Okay, so I read this article and I thought, well, this is really interesting. And I, you know, took it into the therapy room and I started working with clients and I realized, oh my gosh, this article is totally right. When I talk to couples about those things, they get it. They can say, you're right. It's not about the money, the milk, the parenting, the this, the that. All of those issues boil for me down into perceived neglect. And their partner might say, oh, for me, it's perceived lack of control or perceived threat. So when we talk about the sexual situation, you see some of those things coming out. Okay. So do I operate in sexual situations or is our, our dysfunction together or our inability to sort of coordinate our sexual dance? Is that a consequence of perceived neglect or perceived lack of control? And so those are some of the things I'm first asking couples. Okay. Now, that being said, Also, when you're working with issues of sexuality, it's not unusual to have couples experience trauma and shame as a result of things that have happened to them in their life prior to meeting their partner or even in that relationship. Okay, so another big thing I'm looking for is the extent to which trauma um, has contributed to this picture, trauma and shame. So that I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. And important things for people to think about and try to be aware of 
And you mentioned perceived. Perceived neglect and perceived lack of control. Yeah, yeah as the operative word. That's it. Well, think about it. You know, I want, you know, think about your relationships and everybody listening. Think right now. All the issues that you have or the primary ones that come to mind, can they be filtered into one of those two categories? Right. And the thing is, sex could be about both of those for somebody. Sex might be about perceived neglect for one person or it might be about perceived lack of control for the other. Right. And so the couple's having this sexual issue, but they're really coming from two different areas, but only two, but only two. Right. And if you can boil it down for couples, then I don't have to talk about the money, the finances, this or that, because all of those things can be boiled down into that person's orientation. You're either going to be oriented around perceived neglect or perceived threat or lack of control. Sometimes couples will be on the same side. I'll have two couples that say this is both about perceived neglect for both of us. Then that's easy. Right. It's a little more complicated when one person says, for me, it's about perceived neglect. And the other person says, for me, it's about perceived lack of control. Now we got a little more work to do. So to be clear, when you say perceived neglect, how does that show up? Like meaning they, they feel like their partner is neglecting their needs? Yep, absolutely. Their partner's neglecting their needs. Their partner's neglecting them. They're not important to their partner. All of those things. And the lack of control is, is feeling helpless. Like I can't control this situation. Feeling helpless. The other the other comment that comes up with that, that the research says is associated with I feel judged. And maybe that has to do with that lack of control, but they feel powerless. They don't feel like they have their own. Um, they don't have their own ability to sort of make their own decisions. Right. So you'll hear in a sexual situations, you might hear women feeling like they have to have sex to do their duty. Um, right. And that's or you might have men saying that they feel like their part their partner doesn't care about them because they haven't had sex in a long time so that would be their perceived neglect right so it comes up in a, in a lot of different ways and i'm um when i think about working with couples i'm listening for some of the common language that's used to be able to understand what's going on within that conflict because what's happening is that there are a series of behaviors that are happening but those behaviors are interpreted cognitively, right? So you might have a situation where somebody feels like um, their partner, you know, um, didn't take out the trash. Well, is it because they didn't listen to you and you don't have control over them? Or is it, or are you interpreting that because into they didn't care about you, right? So we tell people to think about, think about a time when there is a conflict a disagreement, an argument, a misunderstanding in your relationship. And then think about the specific interaction that took place. And we're looking at things like, you know, I feel neglected. I feel forgotten. I feel overlooked. My partner seemed uncommitted. I felt invisible. Those things are sort of going to lead you to the sign of, you know, I feel perceived neglect, whereas I feel accused. I feel misjudged. My partner seemed imposing. I felt blamed. My partner seemed demanding. I felt criticized. Those things are going to lead me more toward perceived lack of control and perceived threat. So I'm listening in the sessions for those that type of language. Are there any common, let's say, attributes of a person who is perceiving neglect and perceiving lack of control like very negatively when their perception is is really off objectively that's a really good question that's a really good question so the only times i've seen some of those like commonalities are when i'm working with people who have personality disorders okay so i'm also a certified personality disorder treatment professional and so part of what i see in my practice are also couples where at least one person has been diagnosed or should be diagnosed, maybe they should be, but they haven't been, uh, with a personality disorder. So when we're looking at people who could potentially be diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, you might hear more of the perceived neglect. When you're working with people who have um, been diagnosed with or could be diagnosed with meet the criteria for narcissistic personality disorder, then you've got more of the perceived lack of control. Interesting. And and that's for a whole other podcast. We'll have to that's have a you whole back on. Listen, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. We don't need to get into that. But I know. Certainly those patterns then replicate in the bedroom as well. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll have to have you back on and we'll dive into that. But I think we've set a great foundation for our listeners to think about Sensate Focus or other issues in their relationship before diving into Sensate Focus. So thank you so much, Dr. Hartland, for sharing. Before we wrap up, are there any things you want to emphasize or maybe something we skipped over? And then we'll say goodbye. Um, yeah, and just to make sure that if you've got questions about it, certainly, you know, you could check out the Blue Heart app, you could visit with a professional. And remember, Sensate Focus goes at the pace of the slowest person. So making sure that you gradually introduce intercourse, but it starts with very, very small segments. Well, thank you so much. Where can our listeners find you online? Oh, great question. So I am uh, currently a faculty member at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, Kirk Kerkorian School of Medicine in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Health. So my website, I have a website, which is khurtline.faculty.unlv.edu. I'm also on Twitter at at Dr. Kat Hurtline. Thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. I really enjoyed it. And I know our listeners will as well. I hope you have a great day. Thanks. You too. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.